Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of It's Eleven, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy. This episode is sponsored by www.untoldcourage.com a men's fashion clothing brand that gives 12% of its profits back to mental health charities, saving lives one garment at a time. By retaking the lead, Jamie Vardy once again has scored! It's the bottom right-hand corner, Larry. Should have watched! Shot, another corner, Schmeichel coming as he got there, he's hit! Spurs have scored! Come out, it's an acute angle as he's rolled back to Bale and Spurs score! the penalty area, gone between the challenges, he's off the post, but he will score his second of the game with a tap-it in the final seconds of the match. Leicester lose by four goals to two against Spurs. Welcome to It's Eleven, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by Leicester City fans. For Leicester City fans, we're joined tonight by Steve up in the northeast of Scotland. How are you, Steve? Feeling a bit... um flat to be honest Mark but uh, otherwise I'm okay a bit disappointing today wasn't it it is I'm sure I'll have that reaction from most of you guys probably not Barry Uh, who's had a a good day Barry you did your bit didn't you we asked for Villa to do us a favour today Villa did us a favour how are you yeah I'm alright I'm I'm still a bit flat you know I've got a soft spot for Leicester now and when you went 2-1 up I thought that's it now we're winning they're winning sorted yeah and unfortunately it didn't work out that way and Tom, you're over in Leicestershire, not heading down to the KP tonight to join in any celebrations, unfortunately. No, but you're, uh, you made it back over there after watching the game with me today. How, how are you feeling? Yeah, um, flat again, I think is the word, a bit like our second half performance. But, um, you know, it wasn't all about a game today, was it? So... No, we'll can't, come on to that. Can't be too upset. <laughs> um, and we're joined today by a, a Leicester guy who's living out in South Africa, uh, a guy called Gareth, Gareth Trotman. You run quite a lot of the Leicester City fan pages, don't you, on Facebook, Gareth? I do. Uh, I've been running them for a few years now. They've started to gain a bit of traction with the success that we've been having over the last four or five years. I um, 
I feel a little bit embarrassed, actually, because I've been introduced to your podcast around about two or three weeks ago. And as you know, I spoke to you and you were kindly invited on the show, which is great. And I was working my way through the podcasts and uh, you've had some historical legends from Leicester City folklore on the show, such as Walsh and um, Pierpoint and more. And then I thought to myself, I'm coming on the show and all I've done is open up a couple of Facebook groups. So I feel oh, a little bit uh, out of company. <laughs> Listen, any, any fan of Leicester is, is a friend of ours. And uh, we had it. It was an interesting little story, actually. I'll run you through it to start with. But if we chart in any country, I get an email through telling me that we've hit, you know, the charts. <laughs> and and I, I, had a, I had an email this week to say we'd hit number three in South Africa for the football podcast. So I think that's all down to you. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> You are a Leicester fan, originally from Leicester, living out in South Africa now. How long have yes. you been following the Foxes, Gareth? Um, I could be pretty precise with this, actually. Like a lot of kids, I was a, a glory hunter to begin with. I think a lot of kids will kind of support a Man United or a, for today's kids a Chelsea or whatever. Originally, I was a Liverpool fan up until the point where Liverpool lost on the last day against Arsenal. I think it was probably 89, 89? Yeah. yeah, when when Thomas scored in the 92nd minute or whatever it was. And uh, when I found out the next day what had happened, I was like, that's it, no more Liverpool. And I immediately became a Leicester fan. So I would have been about 10 or 11 then, I guess. Yeah, great. Well, yeah. you made the right decision at that point, I think. Yes, I did. Thankfully, yeah, Thomas, I, I thank him for this. Yeah. Steve, coming into today's game, how were you feeling about our chances of, of clinching that place in the top four? Because... You know, the odds were stacked against us, weren't they? Yeah, but I thought we had a good chance. Uh, Tottenham aren't that much, are they? Um, they're not a great side. Um, and I thought that, that Villa had a good chance of beating Chelsea. Or, or mm. uh, I thought that was a, a potential result. Even Palace have had some good results at Liverpool before, but I was thinking that they'd probably win. Um, so I thought all we've got to do is beat a, a fairly poor Tottenham team and, and we've got a chance. Yeah. And, and all you can do is win your game, isn't it, and see what happens. Uh, yeah. And that's unfortunately where uh, it started to go wrong for us, wasn't it, at, at that point? It is very raw. I know you guys all use the word flat. Um, Tom, when you saw the lineup today, no Johnny Evans again. So at the back, we were a little bit light, weren't we? Uh, did you think that against Kane and Son that we might have a bit of a challenge at, at different points? Yeah, definitely. I thought that that would be um, that would be tricky for us, and it did prove a bit tricky for us at, at the start, where the, the balls were going over, and and Son found himself in sort of you know three meters of space every time the ball was going through. But actually, we we dealt with them relatively well, mm. um, even with you know the the injury to Fafana. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought we weren't we weren't that bad. Um, so, yeah, decent first half um, for our defence, but yeah, just just disappointed to be honest, Mark. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, <laughs> Gareth, you you've watched the game today, didn't you? A real crucial moment, I think. And we'll come back to Vardy's goal and the penalty, but losing Wesley Fofana was it was a huge turning point in the game for us, wasn't it? It was. Um... As Tom was saying, I thought up until Fafana went off, we, we looked fairly comfortable at the back. Uh, I mean, with Spurs, with Spurs' attacking lineup, they're always going to be a threat. And I think we knew that. 
But once Fafana went off, and I thought indeed he was having a fantastic game in the, in the defensive midfield position we know he plays in. But of course, Rodgers had no option really but to put him back there. I think having to play 60, 65 minutes with Morgan back there would have been too long. Could have bought Amati on there potentially. He wasn't on the bench. Oh, he wasn't on the bench. No, could have bought Fuchs on. But I don't think Fuchs or Morgan have got enough in their legs to play for so long. Yeah. But you look at that then and you wonder why they were put on the bench ahead of Amati then. It was maybe the emotional point in the swan song there, Steve. I think so. But it was a mistake, wasn't it? I mean, we wouldn't know that Little Wes was going to get injured, but I think there was two pivotal points in the game and Wes going off was one and... uh, Casper punching it into his own net was the other, really. I mean, we looked in control still of the game at that point. Um, uh, I mean, I wanted us to score the third and then I could have relaxed because it was just a horrible game to watch knowing that we had to win Mm. uh, and Villa had to win as well. Um, I think I was thinking, just get a third goal and it will all be over. And I think it would have been. Mm. Ian Acho missed that shot at the near post and the, the keeper saved it. It wasn't one of his best. He didn't have a great game. Um, but yeah, uh, two pivotal and, points. And of course, of course, Spurs needing to win as well put a different edge on things because you kind of knew that they were just going to go gung-ho at some point. And I think Rodgers was left with decision when we did go 2-1 up. It was stick or twist. It was that story. Like, do I trust myself or do I trust ourselves to keep a a clean sheet from here on in? Or do we have to go for the third? And well, it didn't work out. Yeah. Just to go back into the chronology of the afternoon though, Barry, I know you were messaging us early on. So look, Chelsea are coming out Villa here. And and from that point, again, in our blue tinted houses, we're thinking, well, Chelsea are going to win. Liverpool are going to win. There's, There's a lot less pressure on it. What was the opening of your game like today? It was not. It was. Just, it was just peppering our goal. They were. Uh, Timo Werner was just missing chance after chance. Uh, Pulisic was on it. Mount was on it. They. They were just completely and utterly overrunning our midfield. Um, Nakamba was fantastic. He, for somebody who doesn't get a start for Villa, he he was fantastic. He got man of the match. In fact, but, was, he mar- um, was he marvelous? He was utterly <laughs> marvelous. You're right. <laughs> and, uh, but the thing is, what it was is, I, well, I was testing that point. That must have been like 15 minutes in. And I was like, they're all over us, boys. Like, you, you, your team needs to win, and we might get, we might snatch something. And then we took the lead, and they just lost it. Like, they had two yellows before, before half time, two after half time. But um, Kovacic and uh, Jorginho, I'm surprised they didn't get red. Um, uh, I, I, I can't even say that guy's name. Right, right back. He got, yeah. he got sent off. He actually got sent off for slapping Grealish. They just lost the head. They're, they're just, they're quite an embarrassing team, Chelsea. Do you know, like, they, yeah. They've got an abundance of riches, but um, they're like the spoiled brats of the league. Of course, the the, the rumor is today, if you if you read around social media, that they face a potential points deduction for their lack of discipline. Uh, seven times now in the last five years that they've been fined by the FA for for failing to control their players, and you can see why, can't you? On, on days like today, I saw, I saw that on Twitter actually after the game. I saw something about them. Uh, like, I don't know, maybe it was just crap, but someone said that they could get deducted points <laughs> because of it. But uh, but they they were they were poor, like for a strong a strong side. Werner has just been utterly destroyed at that club, and um, our defense was just as it's been most of the season. They just could manage him. 
like Courtney House looks like bloody Virgin Van Dyke today. That's <laughs> they, they they just weren't really that good, um, and it was just it was just disappointing because I think like when when I was watching the game, it's like Le- Leicester have to beat Spurs because we did, like yeah. that has to happen. And then when I saw like the third goal, I think like, it utterly broke my heart. I was like, like shit, this is not happening today. Yeah, it's utterly rubbish. Yeah. And we got off such a good start as well, didn't we, Steve, today? Uh, Jamie Vardy winning a penalty. Did you think it was a penalty at the time? Because I called it uh, where we were watching it. I thought I was absolutely certain that the back leg had come out and, and tripped him up. I, I wasn't sure when I watched it live, to be honest, Mark. I appeal for it, as, you, as you're bound to. <laughs> um, but I wasn't hopeful until I saw the replays. And he definitely put his leg back. And then Vardy made the most and tripped over it. So, um, yeah. You hanging out with Tom's tonight, Steve? Yeah, Steve, Steve's <laughs> right. Tom's got absolutely no, no internet. Um, it, it was a definite penalty. Tom, it takes big balls, doesn't it? Step up in these situations and uh, keep your head and, and cool God, yeah. spot away. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever seen the pair of us so nervous with those penalties that were taken this afternoon um but yeah the, the first one i mean like I, I said beforehand he usually slots it in that in that left corner and that's where um that's where larice dived to so thankfully he didn't put it there yeah. <laughs> but yeah great penalty and and, uh, and vardy his work rate was was fantastic all game i think it's it's one of his performances of the season to be honest he was on a one-man mission, wasn't he, today, Gareth? He, uh, he was back to the Jamie Vardy that we all know and love. Uh, I know at Wembley last week, it seems to be playing in front of the fans gives him an extra edge, doesn't it? It certainly does. I think he needs to be angry and wound up and fiery and just kind of, I don't know, cocky and aggressive. He has to be that. And with the crowd, it makes it much easier to do that. Uh, I, I thought the first one was a penalty for sure. The second one... Even as a Leicester fan, I'm not sure that that was a penalty. I thought I can't actually remember who it was, but somebody basically just tickled his hand and he, he seemed to go down. Yeah, it was but... Sanchez, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pl- classic Vardy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, that stage one nil up and all, things are going well, and uh, and then we'd lost for final, like we've said. Uh, and then Steve, obviously, they get the equaliser. Harry Kane's got 14 goals now in 12 games against us. He is a pain in our backside, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he always scores against us, doesn't he? And um, still, I thought Schmeichel was a bit slow closing his legs and he got nutmegged, didn't he? It was a great finish by Kane, you have to say, but it was straight at Schmeichel. Yeah. So. Is it one of those that you think you could do anything about as a goalkeeper, though, Steve? If, if it is just between your legs that he physically couldn't get his legs shut, it did look like it went straight through him, though, didn't it? It did. It, yeah, you've got to try and shut your legs or try and get down to it if it's coming straight at you like that. <laughs> Steve, I'm a guest, Steve. I can't say anything. <laughs> I know, there's about 20 million innuendos we could find right <laughs> I, I, I went to Steve on that because, you know, he was, he was a great goalkeeper in his prime weight, Steve. The Cats, uh, Steve the Cat Marples. Absolutely, yeah. Um, no, I... I it was a great finish and he hit it hard and fast. So he didn't give Schmeichel a lot of time, but it was straight at him. You've got to get something on it, I think. Mm. I was disappointed he let that in when I saw the replay. 
And then we go into to the second half uh, and we win that penalty goal. So you're not convinced that that was a penalty. I wasn't convinced it was inside the box either. I think it was inside. I think the tickle of the hand was inside the box. Yeah, I'm very glad it was a penalty. I just don't think it was. But but then again, I also I think, think Vardy's uh, very ticklish, Gareth. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I also think, I mean, I'm probably getting ahead of things here, but I also think that uh, Kane's, well, actually, yeah. I don't know who scored Humble, this one, but yeah. Kane's and Ball, I mean, Kane's. Yeah. Well, so, that's what we'll come on to. I think that we get sorry. to the stage now where yeah. we, don't, we don't even know the rules ourselves with some of the laws of the game at the moment. But, you know, when someone gets two penalties in the same game, Baz, do you, often I worry that the keeper's going to guess right second time around and make a save. Um, it's, it's difficult, isn't it, to, to outsight the keeper twice in a row? Well, well, I don't know. Is it the taker? I think that's down to the striker or who's taking it. Like your Alan Shearer's, Jimmy Vardy, to be fair. I think there's just people who are, have that savviness um, that put, put the, sorry, the the jeepers into the, the keepers. Um, no, I, w- I would back him all day long, Vardy. I'd back him all day long. Well, we were nervous, Tom, weren't we? And, and we were having discussions of what we would do with it. And I said, yeah. you need to smash this down the middle because no goalkeeper ever stands still. And then Hugo Lloris stood still. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it was a really well-taken penalty, the second one, though, Tom, right? It was. Again, um, you know, I'm, I think if there's a time to miss a penalty, that, that felt like one of those pivotal moments, if you like, um, where you're thinking you'd back him all day and then a, a time like that comes around and... You're not so sure when he's when he's going to hit it, but yeah, he, he took that with some class. He certainly did at that stage as well, in front of the the crowd, and um, they, they were starting to get behind the team a little bit. It was a little bit quieter than Wembley, I thought, Steve, today, from what I could pick up on the uh, the, the TV. Yeah, when they got going, it was quite loud, but there was quite a few lulls in the crowd. I I felt where it went quiet, yeah, and they didn't keep it going. So, whereas I think at Wembley, they, we kept going all the way through, didn't we, really? Yeah. There was yeah. no quiet moments. Um, I, I think, apart from the, the Chelsea end, of course. But I I thought it was quiet at times, yeah. Yeah, and then we, you know, the TV kept skipping back over. You could see the guys um, celebrating inside the ground as well as we found out that Villa had got a penalty and dispatched it. Things were going pretty well in over in the West Midlands at that point, Baz. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Do you know what? Do you know what's really weird about it? I think it, when it was happening and, and uh, um, Tottenham equalised, I was actually thinking about the next podcast show and thinking like, wh- what? Where's the questions going to be pointed at? Do you know, like as the season goes? And because when I saw, I saw that that fumble, I was like, fuck. Do you know, like as 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 we as I've been part of this podcast throughout the season. You guys haven't always been the most complimentary to Kaspar right? you, you, because he's won the league and whatnot. And I think in the last four games, not including the FA Cup, uh, watching it and, and trying to see see what you guys have seen, he, he's he's maybe someone that needs to be replaced. That's maybe a big that's maybe a big problem for Brendan in the summer. Is do we do we replace him? Oh, so that's gents. No, I disagree. I think, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I disagree. I, I don't think so. He's he saves us much more points than than he gives away, and he's a big influence in the dressing room. 
and on the pitch. Um, I'm still not keen on a goalkeeper being captain, but um, me neither. But at the end of the day, I think his positives outweigh his weaknesses. But it was a bad mistake today. We, you know, there's no questioning that we we looked well in control until he punched it in his own net. To be honest. And of course, it was two goals from corners as well, wasn't it, Steve? You know, our Achilles heel all season. I know we've got one of our first-choice centre-backs on the pitch at that point, but two really poor goals to concede. Yeah, but I think if, you know, we've looked a lot better lately when we've had Evans and Fafana and Sionchu and Ndidi all defending corners, we've looked a lot better. Um, But today we're missing two of those. And, you know, obviously Mendy's not going to do anything in the air at a corner, is he? And and Casper's not commanding enough, I think, if it's anywhere yeah. near his six-yard box. He has a weakness there. That is and, the weakness, um, though, isn't it? Yeah. H- hence my point. Yeah. You, yeah, your point about him, what, being replaced? Yeah. 400 games for the club. Here, look, like, if you look at the, the, the brass nuts of it, right, so... He's what five two? How tall is he? He's a small keeper. Uh, five two. <laughs> no, <I> mean, <laughs> he's, he's a tiny keeper, but like he's surely replaceable for a team that are on the cusp of being. They have to be classed as a top six now. They have to. And if His shot stopping's amazing, though. He's, he has he's, had he has had uh, a really good season. To be fair, Casper, I think I think yeah. there's yeah. very few games that he's been poor in. But you know, we've said for a, a few seasons that he's. Uh, Distribution I, you, isn't you, great. You genuinely say he's saved you more points, like he's won you more points than lost you more points. Yeah, yeah. If we were to do yeah. a season review, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair yeah. play. That's going to be that's that's definitely a pull for the face bag. Group. His uh, his timing's not been great today, though, has it, Gareth? Uh, what's your view on Casper Schmeichel as captain next season as well? Uh, well, as Steve was saying, I've never been a, a fan of having a goalkeeper captain. Uh, that said. With the, uh, I'm trying to find the right word here, not disappearance, but with the leaving of Wes and Fuchs to a degree um, and losing some of the kind of pivotal, experienced, loud-mouthed members of the squad, um, we are perhaps a little bit short of options, really. Evans would be an obvious one, but I'm a bit concerned as to how much we're going to see him next season with his injuries. So if it's not Evans, Schmeichel would be the next best bet, I think. Or well, Yuri. Yuri's played 51 games this season, hasn't he? I think so. What, Is worrying he vocal signs, enough? Yeah. Worrying signs at full-time today, Steve, of Yuri Tillemans doing a lap by himself. Harry Kane-esque. Uh, he clearly wants to play Champions League and, and he probably deserves to as well, doesn't he? Should we be worried about holding on to him? Definitely. Um I, th- I think uh, when him and Wilf are on their games, we're more or less going to win, I think. Um, and the likes of Madison, Barnes and whatever are, are kind of the, the players that add a bit of guilt to it. But, um, you know, they add a bit of gold. But if Ndidi and Tielemans are on form, we're going to win games. Yeah. Absolutely. He, he is a leader though, isn't he? What, I, I know what you're saying there about Gareth. Steve, you had an epiphany last week, didn't you, at Wembley, watching Yuri Tillemans play? Yeah, they were talking about him being a potential captain and I didn't see it, to be honest. Like Barry, I thought he was quiet. 
I thought he was moody. He didn't seem to enjoy himself, you know, and he was a bit sulky when things didn't go his way. Uh, but watching him at Wembley, and I obviously haven't seen him live for a long time, he was directing traffic, he was talking, he was shouting, he was moving players around, and he did look like a potential captain at Wembley. How much did it hurt today, Tom, for you? Um, because it just fell apart, didn't it? From that point that Casper punched that into, into his own net, they get the third goal. It's, you know, at that stage there, you know that the game's gone, don't you? Yeah, I think before the match, with uh, knowing that certain results had to go our way, I, I you know, it, it was fingers a fingers crossed scenario, really, wasn't it, before the match? And then we really got in into it and got ourselves in a good place, uh, going a goal up, and then, you know, at two one, it really felt like we were going to kick on and get get that third goal and then and then see it out to be honest uh at that kind of stage i don't think spurs were they were they just weren't at it and when we found that we were holding the ball in their half they looked scared of us it's when we allowed them to to push us sort of to the middle of the middle of the park that we we really struggled so yeah just really disappointing the way that 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 went in to be honest i think casper it should have just go up with two hands. Why? Why are you trying to punch that away like the way you did? I don't know. It it didn't seem didn't seem high enough to warrant that kind of that kind of uh, clearance. But obviously, it it wasn't a clearance. Uh, when that third goal goes in as well, the ghost of our mind now, doesn't it? Around VAR, it's all that VAR was checking that. Gareth, coming to you. In fact, I'll come to all of you at some point and get your get your opinion on this. But did you think that was going to be chalked off for handball there? Um, I did, actually, yes. I mean, I try not to be completely biased with my analysis of Leicester games. As I said earlier, I don't think the second Vardy penalty was a penalty. But also, I think that should have been chalked off for handball. I mean, they checked it. It very clearly hit the hand. So... I guess the reason why it wasn't given is because they didn't think that the passage's play was close enough to the goal. Mm-hmm. But well, I've only seen it once as a replay, but it seems to me as though Kane kept control of the ball for a period of time and then assisted, I guess it was Bale at that point. So I don't know how that can't be construed as being handball as part of the goal-scoring play. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if any of you guys disagree with that. Not at all. No, I think uh, Gareth's got it spot on. I actually think he controlled it with his hand as well. It, it didn't just hit his hand. It would have gone past him if, his ha- if he hadn't controlled it with his hand. Yeah. So, um, and to say it, it was too long before the goal, I mean, the guy mm. ran away from goal, having controlled it with his hand, turned around and passed it to Bale, who put it in the net. I can't see how that's not a handball. I, I don't understand the laws of the game anymore the way they're going no and that's that's almost like the, the general argument we have to make as football fans now isn't it Barry that we just we don't know what is right and what's wrong anymore they keep changing this I don't know if you saw that goal but it definitely came off his hand and then he assists Gareth Bale who puts it into pretty much an empty net no I, I only saw the end unfortunately um, yeah I think it's, it's hard not, it's, it's hard not to think that it's corrupt because uh, as much as I like, I, listen, I do listen to some Leicester uh, podcasts too, including ours. I, I listen to the to Villas, and it just seems to be constant chat about the top six seems to get, or the perceived top six seem to get mm. 
the sort of the the, the run of the mill. Um, but I, I like I didn't see it. But I, I tell you what, I do want to talk about. How is your midfield not overrunning their midfield? So when I saw the lineups today, I was looking at it going, and as much as it pains me to admit it, your midfield three are probably better than ours, and that's how we won the game. Mm. So I'm curious to how Madison, Yuri, and and Didi didn't control Winks, who's a joke of a midfielder, Hoyleberg and Deli Alley. Like I, I don't know how that didn't happen. Like is is that where it was lost? Well, I, th- I think the big thing was when Fofana went off and indeed he dropped into the back as centre-back and we brought Mendy Right, on. is that what happened? Um, that right, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and I so think we lost a bit of momentum when that happened. And M- Mendy came on and he was tidy enough, wasn't he? But he's, he's no Wilfred and Didi in the, in the no. centre of midfield there. He got I, muscled a couple of times, didn't he? Where Didi never would. That was an absolutely filthy challenge by Harry Winks, wasn't it? When we were breaking away, at, I think it was oh, at two yeah. all. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, on that point, actually, if you watch the replay again, um, two on one, Nach- Nacho yeah. was pulled down, and Tielemans was actually about a yard behind Nacho, and I was thinking there's a case here to play on because it was certainly a foul, certainly a yellow card, but I think that Tielemans would pick the ball up. And ahead of him, it was a two-on-one situation. Yeah. So I, th- I think the referee did us a bit of a disservice by actually calling for the free kick. It was one of those moments of the game that just sort of summed it up, wasn't it, the last, last 20 minutes or, or so of the, oh. the game. And, and we made Gareth Bale look like Gareth Bale of 10 years ago as well. Uh, we sort of knew that, though, because we unearthed the, the tweet from James Madison from like 10 years ago where he's... He wasn't very complimentary about Gareth Bale, um, and we knew he was going to score at that point. His fourth goal, the, the fourth goal, he just walked through the defence. There, it was a, it was a, it was a calamity, wasn't it? Of errors at the back there, Tom. Yeah, it was poor, and he ended up playing Wally with the post, didn't he, and tapping it in? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> two, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I've not I've not got a lot to say on that one to be honest. It's it's just a shame really that um after the way Tottenham looked the week before, they looked they looked awful and you know Bale came on then and couldn't couldn't get a sniff. Yeah. Um so a, a bit disappointing after we felt like we were we were certainly the better the better team for the first half and and we're we're pressing their um defence back, but yeah, on the bright it side, it was all over by then, and you know we yeah. pushed Ndidi forward. Uh, we'd left ourselves open at the back. We had to get a winning goal, and they scored two goals on the break. Um, you know, in the last three minutes or so. I mean, uh, it was all over once Casper put it into his own net. To be honest, Joe, I blame for that. I blame Villa. They could have scored another few, and then a draw would have been. <laughs> <laughs> draw <would've> been <laughs> But you know what? I was just while you guys were talking about it. So what? What like? Did you guys watch the Villa game? Like uh, as in Villa Spurs? But what? What was the difference? Because oh. Bill was mint and Kane was rubbish, and Son didn't get a sniff, and that was against El Huma, uh, uh, Elmo, and he's he's garbage. So I, like I don't, I don't you know what the centre, difference did he? You still had centre backs, though, didn't you? That was the difference. So you still had you. Yeah, Philip. We we had Conza right back as well. So, so we had playing. We had one out of three, and, and actually Wilfred Lee played in the centre of that back three as well, which was a little bit surprising. But and, and Kane has to score against us. It's it's yeah, kind it's, of a it's written, written rule. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
I hope he they gets had the line. Four, att- four attempts on target, Barry. Really? Like I just, yeah. I just don't like they're they're there to be got at unless they're a miles better attacker than we are. And I, I think it just surprises me that that wasn't the case today. Well, on the yeah. bright side, though. Yeah. yeah, sorry. I was going to say on the bright side, we've managed to uh, help elevate Spurs into the Europa Conference League, which I think starts on Tuesday. <laughs> so so they, <laughs> we can sit back and laugh at that. <laughs> As they get knocked out in Tbilisi or something. Yeah, I know the finals in Tbilisi of that one, isn't it? Yeah. I, so the game as, as a whole, looking back on the season, you finish where you're supposed to, don't you, in the 38-game season. Yeah. So where did it go wrong for us, Barry, this season? No, that's, that's the wrong question, isn't it? What, why did we end up fifth and not fourth? Uh, well, I, I just think your, your big players went missing in the, in the weaker games, in my opinion. I think when you, your Newcastle's, your um, oh, what was that gross draw? Southampton. Uh, Southampton. Just, I just think, yeah, just went, just went missing. Madison was missing, like, and it, like you guys have totally changed my mind on Uni Tillemans, but he went along. I think about three games late, or there was like. A five-game period where he played well once, but played poorly either side. Two games, um, yeah. Just I can't I think. Just consistency went, and the big the big guys went missing. And Madison is a big player for you, and he. I'd be surprised if he's there, if he's there next year. I, I would be. That was uh, going to be one of my questions actually. I'd, if if Leicester have to sell a star this summer, who goes for you guys? I'll, I'll give you all just a name to pick. Um, you know, we've got to sell one of them. Let's say that that's the case to fund the, the transfers coming in. Who goes? Barry. Because I think. <laughs> da, I'm Marty to Villa, I think. <laughs> Throwing the Leicester pennant <laughs> on the floor as he leaves. <laughs> no, I, look, I, 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 for me, I think injuries have cost us, right? Because only the only players not to get injured this year. If I remember right, are Tielemans and Schmeichel. Yeah. They're the only two. And people have come back from injury and have been a shadow of themselves. Castagna, although he's improved of late. Uh, uh, Ricardo has been a shadow of himself. He looked a bit better the last two games. Uh, Madison, who did okay today, I think, but has been uh, very poor. And completely ineffective since he's come back from injury uh, before today. He's selling a nice uh, bag Barbie. with he's selling a nice bag with boohoo.com though. So yeah. So it's and, and just, yeah, today we were without Evans uh Fafana had to go off and we didn't have Justin. And James Justin can play at right back, but he can play in the back three as well. Mm. You know, he he was excellent and uh, you know, so we missed those and Barnes gives you something different going forward. Yeah. We've really, yeah, yeah, we've really been hit by injuries. And you've got to think that, I know Liverpool have. Liverpool's the only other club up the top that's been hit with injuries to the same degree as us. But look at the money they spend compared to us. Yeah. So, you know, all in all, if you look at the season, we've won the FA Cup. We've got had our second best Premier League season in terms of points scored. Um, I think it's been a fantastic season. We just feel deflated because we've thrown it away again at the end. Yeah, totally. And I think I think like uh, Liverpool have definitely had injury problems, but you guys have definitely had worse. You've had longer periods of time of players who are important. They've essentially lost Van Dijk and Matip for a long period of time. 
they've they've got the backup for that. They've just played crap. So yeah, I, I think you, out of all the teams in the league, Leicester have been hit the worst with injuries. And to finish fifth and get the FA Cup is it is a good season. That's a good season. It's just the way it played out, isn't it? If you'd have won of the last what, few it's games, it's just last game of the season, isn't it? Yeah. But, if you'd have won the yeah. last few games to climb to fifth, you'd be going bloody hell. This is amazing. But yeah, to yeah. lose two of the last three and come down there, uh, do, do you agree with that sentiment, Gareth, on the uh, on the injury front, or do you think we've uh, we've bottled it? Have we, have we gone a bit Spursy? No, God no. Let's not you get, let's not say that. <laughs> I won't accept that. <laughs> no, again, I agree with Steve. We um we won the title in fifteen sixteen, and we had a a very slim squad, shall we say. And we managed to get through that season with very few injuries. Our squad is a bit bigger now, but it's nowhere near the size of Chelsea or Man City or whoever you want to talk about. And this season, it has been bad injuries. And it's got to the point in these last few games, having also played in Europa League, having also had a, a, an excellent cup run, that we've had a player getting injured. And you can just imagine Rodgers turning around, looking at his bench and going, oh my word, what am I going to do here? Mm-hmm. I need to really shuffle around the whole team and I've got to play a 19-year-old here and I've got to play a right-back in the centre of defence. And, and it's, I don't know, it, it, it's just, it's stung us in the last eight games of the season, something like that, I think. We'll just run out of steam. Yeah. Yeah. Big big summer coming up though, isn't it, from a recruitment point of view? You know, we speak about Leicester getting it right so many times, but we can't just rely on that fact going forward. Seems to be a lot of plans in place already, though. Uh, Tom, who are you excited to potentially see come in this summer? Well, I've, I've no idea who will be, to be honest, but I know... Um... When you when you kind of look back at this season, it's it's impressive with the youth that have developed over this season, including um, you know James Justin and Luke Thomas. If you'd have you wouldn't have expected them to be playing at this level, um, and and even jumping in when when people have gone out injured as well. Um, but you know, we'd, we, I would still say we're looking at that right wing position. Um, Obviously, we've we've not been playing so much with three up, up the top, but having to push all Brighton into that position, and I don't know, maybe maybe if um, maybe if Ricardo picks up his game again, we can actually play him at right midfield or right wing. But um, there's definitely some places to fill. He'll get back there though when he Steve Ricardo. Like you say, we've seen a bit. More of him the last two games, I think, as I said on on our uh, Facebook page, him snapping Ben Chilwell at Chelsea was a, a personal highlight. Um, if, if we get him back to his best, it, it's going to be like having a new sign in itself. It is. I, I noticed he's not made the Portugal squad, which is, um, you can understand it on current form. <clears throat> but he did look a little bit better today. And I'm hoping after... A, a full pre-season and everything else, he'll, he'll get back to his best next season. I think we do need a right winger. We do need another forward, hopefully Edward or Ivan Tony. Uh, but you never know with Leicester, they'll probably come with somebody left field. Uh, Samare will be a good backup to um, Ndidi, better than Mendy and Chowdhury. I think, I think Chowdhury will go. You've got to think we need another experienced centre-half because 
Little Wes and Siontu look a bit lost when Evans isn't with them sometimes. James Tarkovsky um, coming into the last year of his contract now at Burnley. Yeah, I, I think we could actually try and get him on a cheaper deal. <clears throat> or, or what uh, about the guy Brent. at Man City? Sorry to interrupt, Steve, but the guy that's at Man City, I've forgotten. He, um... Diaz. Uh, not Diaz, uh, Garcia. No. <laughs> the one that used to be at Bournemouth, Ake. Uh, all right, okay. Ake. He's not getting it. A... Oh, yeah, Ake. He's not getting a look. Yeah, I don't know if he's got. <clears throat> I don't know if he's got the commanding presence. I would say Tarkovsky's probably got a bit more than that. I don't. Not hundred percent on Tarkovsky. Um, and obviously, we need a left back, and it doesn't look like Goosens will join us now that we're not in the Champions League. So. Do we want a player that's not going to join us for missing out on the Champions League by one place? Not really, because it's about winning trophies, isn't it? You know, these guys have won a trophy this season. They could be part of something really, really special. That's only a rumour that he won't join on the back of that. So we can all look forward to unveiling Ryan Bertrand next week. That'll be... be (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're only only prepared to offer Bertrand one-year deal and he's not happy about that, is what I've heard. Yeah. Because obviously there's Thomas and and, uh, James Justin... Uh, and Castania can play there, so we don't see him as a long-term option. And he's probably looking for a three-year contract right now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Gareth mentioned there about I think it was Gareth mentioned about Hamza Chowdhury potentially going out. The rumours are today that he's going to go out to um, to Newcastle for fifteen Cold million. <laughs> for fifteen million, and we're going to bring Samari in for for twenty. That would be an outstanding business from from Leicester on that. Barry, yeah. 15 million for Hamza Chowdhury. You having him at Villa for that? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's I think that's the right price. I think that's the right price. Get rid. Yeah. I think that's the right thing. Um I don't I don't think Aki or Tarkowski are the right moves at all. Tarkowski is Maguire but slower. And yeah. Aki, yeah, Aki is pretty good, but he's good on the ball. Like I, I can see him being a Rogers player. But um, no, I think like like Julian of Celtic, Julian Julian's a good centre half. He's a ball playing centre half. He's six four. I could see that. I could see that happening because Rogers would have worked with him, and he I've can never even better. heard of him. Yeah, <laughs> they can make, we're they can after make... Bednarek and Vestergaard before, weren't we? I, don't, I wonder if we'd still be in for one of them. Well, do you know, what? I, out of the two, I think I think Bednarek's the better of the two. <clears throat> like Vestergaard, Vestergaard does get the goals, but he's fucking slow in turning. Yeah, I think. He's a big one. I, th- I think you, I think you need to aim higher. I think Leicester need to aim higher. It's all they, Leicester, Leicester top six now. Like there's no denying it. Spurs aren't that. They need to aim higher than that. They need they need, they need to maybe spunk the money on it. Do you think Barry we ha- we should have any sort of fear of losing Brendan Rodgers this summer now? Now that we've missed mm. out on the Champions League. No, I don't. I, th- I think you, I think you could have fear in certain players, but not Rodgers. I think he's he's not going to go Spurs. He's not going to go Arsenal. It's just it's like they're they're poor clubs. It's mm. it's embarrassing. Their class is the top six now. Yeah, um, I think big six, Barry, not top six. Big six. <laughs> yeah, mm. but like when we we're talking earlier, we we're talking about um, Yuri doing the lap, the lap of uh, the final lap and whatever. I'd be worried about Indeedy. He is a commodity that a lot of clubs would mm-hmm. want. He's it- he's the one. He's yeah. at Montford University, though, in Leicester, isn't he, uh, Wilfred Ndidi? He's, he's studying law, I think, at the moment. That's his, uh, his spit in the spare time that he's doing. So hopefully 
his course lasts another couple of years. And we'll That's just the max out his next contract. He's going to be representing himself. He, would you say he would be the biggest loss to us now then, Gareth? Biggest loss? Ooh, I, I think probably Yuri would be the biggest. Um, if you'd asked me last season, I would have said Ricardo. I, I'm a huge fan of Ricardo, and it's really saddened me that... Um, He's in the state that he is now because he clearly can't perform to what we know he can. And, it, and as I said to you earlier, I think before we started the show here, I, I was working through the podcasts quite quickly over the last week or two. And there was one rather poignant comment from Walsh saying that players are never what they were before a cruciate injury. Yeah. And I was listening to that quite aghast. And all I could think of was Ricardo, who, as I say, I'm a huge fan of. So... I've digressed from your question a little bit there, but who would be the biggest loss? I would say Tielemans, closely followed by Ndidi. I don't think Fafana would go again. He's too young. I think Kags is quite settled and he's developing well at Leicester. Um, so Yuri or Ndidi, yeah. Happy birthday to Kags today, by the way. He's probably had better birthdays, hasn't he, than, uh, <laughs> than the one today. Uh, the other side of that is what you've just said there about players returning from, from that sort of injury. James Justin has got that injury at the moment. Mm. We know what a great future he's got. Hopefully that's not going to affect him in that same way. No. Well, it's good to see Justin and Barnes walking quite well at Wembley, wasn't it, after the FA Cup? Yeah. When they went up to get their medals and everything. They're they're looking okay. So you've got to hope it's okay. I'm hoping with Ricardo, it's more psychological than anything else. And once he... He gets his confidence back. He'll he'll be back to himself because he's got no go forward in him at all. Or he he was okay today. Actually, he was better today. But previously, he's had no go forward in him, and he was a huge attacking threat. Yeah. Previous, but before his injury, he looked very dangerous going forward. So he, as um, well as a competent defender. He looks frustrated as well, doesn't he, Steve? When he plays at the minute, he doesn't look like he's enjoying his football. Maybe that's the psychological side of that seeping through as well. Yeah. I think so. So we've been talking about who might be wearing our kit next season. Obviously, the new kit has been released today. Tom, what's your initial thoughts on no King Power on the front of the Leicester City shirt for the first time? Well, yeah. I think in almost 10 years. (laughs) Strange with no King Power on the front. Um, I like the kit, though. It's smart. (laughs) What do you think, Steve? Uh, I've always loved the return to white shorts. I've never liked his in all blue. Um, I don't think that's as so. Uh, I've always been a fan of the white shorts. It seems a, it seems a kind of bright blue. It seems brighter than normal, but maybe I, I don't know. It seemed okay on the TV today, but when I saw the photos, I thought it was um, <clears throat> brighter than our normal royal blue. Um, but I think it's okay. Still got a bit of gold on it. Sixty quid. Sixty quid for a football shirt. That's got to be the, yeah. that's got that's got to be the next thing that gets sorted out here, isn't it? Barry, you've got a little one as well. So if it's you and your little one on your villa shirts, sixty pound and maybe let's say forty five pound each gets expensive, doesn't it? Three strips over a season. But why are football shirts so expensive? Oh, I don't care. But I'm going to pay it. Like, of course, I'm going to pay it. <laughs> All right, money yes. back. The Muppets pay <laughs> the money. Even, that's why. That. <laughs> I, I get into trouble. I got into so much trouble this season. <laughs> I paid. I spent about 170 quid on cutting out my what four month old baby and full spent <laughs> like onesie, um, like vest of that. But I did. I just don't care. It's the best thing ever. Why wouldn't you do it? It is. It's. It's. 
it is extortionate. And the sizes are always wrong. I don't think I've ever ordered a strip and not had to return it to get a bigger size. You, are you with your full kit there today as well? Are you going full no, John Terry this, for old, us today? This is old school. This is old school. <laughs> I think this is the one we got relegated in. in fact. <laughs> Happy memories. I mean, they probably cost a fiver, don't they, to manufacture? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. If if that huge markup. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you see many South, uh, in South Africa? You see many uh, Leicester City kits over there? Is there is there much of a fan base for us? Do you know what? It's strange. You walk down the street, there's just less... Di- no, there's none at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, none at all. In fact, actually, when we won the title back in 2016, I was actually interviewed. There was a, a reporter for the Durban newspaper. And Durban's a big city. It's like six million people or something. It's huge. And uh, they were hunting down Leicester fans. Well, and they found one, which was me. So they actually interviewed me for... <laughs> The 2016 title, yeah. So, no, so, there's no Leicester shirts. When was the last time you got to, to a game? How often do you, do you get back? Uh, COVID, blah, blah, blah. It's been a while since I've been back, um, what with COVID and work and so on and so forth. The last time I went back and saw a game at the King Power was just prior to assigning Maguire. Uh, we beat Hull, I believe, 2-1 at home in a... Fairly meaningless game, I think. Probably would have been about 2017, I guess. Yeah, Ahmed Musa scored in that game, didn't he? Was that one of his only goals? Surely not. <laughs> you, you were there for that, if that's the case. Um, I, I, might, it, I might just blank that from my memory then, because uh, I'm not a big fan of Musa at all. So your match day experience in South Africa then is, is quite singular, is it? You're, you're there by yourself. What's the time difference like over there? What time are you on now? We are one hour ahead of you now. And of course, of course, when your clocks go back, it's two hours. Yeah. So a match day experience for you, you get to watch the games on the TV or? Yeah, we, um, we're quite we fortunate over here. He's not going to be in the stadium, is he? <laughs> what did you say? He's not going to be in the stadium, is he? <laughs> <laughs> so we're quite fortunate over here because our version of Sky TV is DSTV. And... Over here, we don't, our broadcasters don't have to worry about uh, impeding fans going to the games, which mm. is the reason why you don't show all the games in England. So over here, game, yeah. yeah, so over here, we have every single game, like 10 games a week across the entire season, as well as the FA Cup, Champions League, Europa League, everything. So my usual match day experience, I've got a lot of friends here who do like football, um, one's a Liverpool fan, one's a Chelsea fan. So, yeah, we tend to... Hi, Vinny. Uh, hi, Yad. <laughs> uh, we tend to sit around and uh, have a few fizzy pops and watch the games, yeah. Yeah, that sounds all right to me. Unlimited football. Mm. Yeah. Steve, we need to talk Wes Morgan. Today brings the curtain down on his illustrious career. His last game for the Foxes was in an FA Cup final. What a legend, eh? Definitely a legend, yeah. Scored some vital goals as well, but he's been, wasn't he awesome with um, Hooth mm. as a centre back pairing in a in a in a four? Yeah, just uh, and who would have thought a guy from Knox Forest would have made it big at Leicester? Eh? He actually um, played more games for Forest than he did for Leicester, which was the right? really scary stat that I saw the other day. Yeah, he played four hundred and fifty games for Forest and three hundred and twenty four for Leicester. Wow. Yeah, well, he's definitely a legend. And as Jeff Peter says, an immortal. He's one of the immortals. Yeah. And he's one of only six players to have won the league and FA Cup with Leicester City. So, um, 
Yeah, and and there is a rumour that he'll get a role of some sort in in um, Leicester once he's made his mind up what he wants to do, whether it's coaching, whether it's recruitment, whether it's director of football or whatever, whatever role he wants. Whether it's party organising. <laughs> yeah, party organising, probably not, no, no. Covid marshal, definitely not. Um, <laughs> what, what was your favourite Wes Morgan moment, Tom, through the years that we've sat there? Um, well, the old uh, wrong wrong handball that hit him in the face was kind of, <laughs> kind of quite funny. Oh, Liverpool, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hard to pick out an, an individual moment, but he, he was just absolutely class, wasn't he? Top guy. Yeah. Top guy. and. Uh, I'd say the Southampton goal in our league winning season when we won 1-0 and he came up with that goal near the end. And also the equaliser at Man U, which kind of got us the title, didn't it? Um, uh, as two things that start, which is funny, you t- talk about his goals rather than his defensive displays, yeah. but it's Seville, Seville Champions League, the goal against Seville was another massive. Oh, goal, yeah. Oh, that was massive. Yeah. Yeah. He's the epitome of a, of a leader, though, isn't he? Barry, when you look at him as a footballer, his, his stats probably don't add up to that much. But what he's achieved for Leicester has been sensational. Yeah, it's, it's just what he reeks of, isn't it? You just you just know that was that was him. That's why he was there because he, he he wasn't the most skilled player or wasn't the most technically gifted. I wouldn't say he'd pick out a straight forty yard pass like Yuri would, but he would. Yeah, he was he was just he would he gear everyone up. Him being on the pitch would add like ten percent. To everyone's effort for sure. Straight 40 yards. Yes. Absolute classic <laughs> centre back. Jamaican international, of course. Um, yeah, the, the whole the whole thing when Harry Redknapp was saying that he couldn't believe he hadn't had an England call up, I think, in 2016, Gareth. Do you, do you remember hearing about yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Um, I don't really have much to add to that, but what I would say, if I can bring it back a little bit, what I most remember about Morgan, it was. It was his kind of presence. If you remember the back four we had when we won the title, and, and I think that back four would have defended resolutely against Spurs, and Spurs would not have scored tonight in my hypothetical fantasy world. Yeah. But the back four of Fuchs and Simpson and then uh, Morgan and Huth in the middle. Huth was just a scary kind of individual. But Morgan wasn't scary and he wasn't nasty, but he had a real presence about him. So when he led the the players onto the pitch, it just felt like everything was going to be okay. And when a corner, when we gave away a corner and you saw Morgan in the middle, you just kind of thought it's all going to be okay. And even in the FA Cup, when he kind of came on, he's obviously been eating a few pork pies recently, but when he came on, you kind of thought, okay, we've got Morgan on, this is good. We've got him to sit in the middle, just marshal things. And it was just, he had an aura about him. Yeah, absolutely. He is a legend that will never be forgotten at Leicester. I'm sure he will get a, uh, mm. a role there as well. And the other one to mention, Steve, really, is Christian Fuchs. Yeah. Uh, well, he changed the season, didn't he, with Danny Simpson? After we lost 5-2 at home to Arsenal, Ranieri brought in uh, Fuchs and Simpson instead of Delat and who was the other guy? Koncheski, was it? Or was it some, yeah, yeah. Schlupp. Um, or Schlupp, yeah. Schlupp yeah. sometimes played there. And, um, and and we really tightened up at the back. Um, and and Fuchs has 
is a great character, isn't he? You know, no fooks given and all of that lot and his videos and everything else. He, he a great character in the squad that will be missed. And uh, who can forget his no look pass for Vardy to get his eleventh consecutive goal? It's eleven. It's seven. Record. Yeah, exactly. Um, if it wasn't for Christian Fuchs, we wouldn't have this name for a podcast. <laughs> the butterfly <laughs> and, effect. Because uh, he set it all up. And uh, it's great what he said, isn't it, on, on his way out, you know, that he didn't really want to leave, but he's got to spend time with his family. And uh, Leicester's gained a fan for the rest of his life. So, um, and he'll be watching us closely next season. It's good to hear. It's been a great Great asset for the club. I think he only ever planned to stay three years, Gareth, didn't he? And he's kept signing that one extra year. His wife and kids live out in New York. It's not a bad place to go and reside to, I imagine. No, I mean, I, I watched a, like a goodbye video that uh, Leicester City released and um, they interviewed Fuchs. And I think that the gist of the video was that his family are, are in the US. So he's mm. been a remote father and husband for, I guess, a couple of years now. And as Steve was saying, he's, I think he's the comedian of the squad. And something I'm a little bit concerned about is we've lost Morgan, who we've just spoken about, who adds that stability and he adds that presence and also the captaincy and the experience and all that. But we've also lost Fuchs now, who was the comedian and you could just see he'd make light of everything. It's going to be two big holes that we're going to lose in that dressing room now. Yeah. Hmm. Barry again not sure what you know about Christian Fuchs but he he came to us at a time and but when we just survived relegation and then he came and won the league with us he's a legend of Leicester as well what's your thoughts on on his tenure like him yeah absolutely like him um I I also he had a dangerous ping on him and a good cross yeah he did um, yeah mm. but you and he was Swiss, Swiss isn't it Swiss international as well. Austrian yeah Austrian, Austrian. Big part of. But yeah, I quite liked him. But I always got the impression, uh, just like Gareth said, that he was the comedian of the group. He was always a bit of a joker, goal, goal celebration wise, or celebrating with the team. He was always one of them, kind of looking at the camera, acting the goat. So yeah, I quite liked him. Mm-hmm. Tom, it's another. And isn't, uh, have I got it wrong, Mark? But isn't Fuchs Fox in German? Yes. Yeah. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know that. Christian Fox, really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Huh. It was meant to be, wasn't it? But yeah, signing from Schalke, yeah. been playing in the Champions League there. What a great servant he's been to our club, Tom. Any words for you yeah. on Fuchs? Well, yeah, he was he was certainly a fan favourite. And as you've said, the joker of the group, I believe it was him that threw champagne all over Ranieri and he weren't too happy about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, whipped and like amazing balls into the box. Um, his long throw was unbelievable. Just he just seemed a sound guy as well, didn't he? Really down to earth, really in touch with the fans, and he and he had his pre-match Fuchs, you know, chat before, so which was from from the original Booth, which was (laughs) actually from the original Hume. (laughs) 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 We're an inventive lot, Leicester. (laughs) The chants are not great Uh, on the long throw front. I'm not sure Yuri Tillemans has got a a Fuchs in him, has he? After today's (laughs) effort at a long throw, it seemed to fall a little bit short. My favourite Christian Fuchs moment. I was I don't get to many away games, and I went to Leicester versus Arsenal a few years ago with my mum. It was on a birthday and uh, I think it was when Alexis Sanchez was stood right in front of him as he was trying to take a long throw. And he just threw the ball at Sanchez and Sanchez went down about 10 minutes that. later. 
absolutely heroic. But again, another another massive loss for for the squad as a whole, I think. But it frees us up that little bit of wage now, doesn't it, that we can look to invest in, in people that are going to be closer to the to the squad moving forward. Just to sum up this season then, Gareth, while we've got you with us, how do you look back at it? Obviously, it's disappointing today. How are you feeling in general? Uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? How can you say what hasn't already been said, really? Uh, we won the FA Cup. It's fantastic for many, many thousands of Foxes. Uh, it's, that's an event that they've been waiting decades for. Um, for people like myself, it's obviously still the first time that we, it's the first time that we've won it for anybody. But that's been amazing. Um, we are we're getting hung a little bit by the media that we bottled it and this and that, which obviously puts a bit of a, a tinge on things. It, it's a shame that the FA Cup final wasn't at the end of the season, which might have changed the way we're mm. feeling. But. Look, fifth place, it's fantastic. There's no reason why we can't go better again next season. I think, although it's sad to lose these faces that we've been discussing, I think it's been coming and it does free up some, from some spaces in the squad and we, we just have to spend wisely again. That's what it boils down to for next season. Yeah, of course, we've got Ken and Dewsbury Hall coming back in as well. He's going to be like a, a new player for us in the centre of midfield next season. We're fully expecting him to make the step up there. Do, do, yeah. do you know much about him? I don't, I, to be honest, I don't know a huge amount about him, but uh, look, if he's going to get himself into the squad, as we've seen with the likes of Chilwell and uh, Thomas and um, I'm trying to think of somebody else I've missed off, Barnes, of course, I'm, I'm confident that he will be good, although I don't know much about him currently. Yeah, I think he won 13 uh, Man of the Matches on loan at Luton in the Championship this season, which was, uh, <laughs> he was their player of the season um, by all accounts. Wow. So you, you take that into account and there's a couple of the other young guys coming through. It is an exciting time still to be a Leicester fan. We don't all need to be doom and gloom this evening, do we? No, we don't. It's been, as I said, it's been our second best ever season. I mean, who would have thought seven years ago that we'd win the league title <clears> and we'd win the FA Cup? God, we would, have, we would have snatched their hands off and they've been in Europe three out of six seasons, right? And finished in the top six three out of six seasons. Who would have thought that? Well, not me. You know, um, <laughs> as we... No, not any of us. Not anyone, I don't think, would have dared to dream that even. So I think under Rogers we're progressing. It's important we keep Rogers. And I think it's important we keep a key players and, and and add a few more to it and keep progressing. Yeah. And I think we can challenge for the Champions League next season. Let's let's be honest. Fifth place, we're punching above our weight, really. Mm-hmm. But long may that continue. But the the infrastructure is catching up with that, isn't it? So sooner rather than later, you know, the stadium's going to be where it needs to be. The training facility is already there. There's no reason why we can't stay at the top of the game, is there, Steve? No, I think it's. I think we have to hand, hold on to Rogers. I think finding someone that will do as good a job as he can do it will be really difficult. So it's important we're matching his ambitions yeah. and that they're giving him the funds to strengthen the squad, particularly for another European season, because that really stretched us this season with all the injuries we've had. I'm hopeful next season won't be as bad injury-wise because of the 
you know, not such a short close season, not so many games to play in such a short space of time. But we need a we need a stronger squad for next year to compete on three or four fronts. Yeah, Tom, I'm hoping. Sorry, I was just hoping that we can hopefully manage the Europa League a little bit better this se- uh, next season. Yeah, um, I'm hoping we can take a bit of a gamble and play some of our <clears throat> reserve players and just be a little bit smarter about it, perhaps. Well, the coefficiency that we've got is going to be stronger as well next season, so we'll be in a higher pot. So technically, the group that we're going to be in should be easier. We got through the group fairly easy this yeah. year, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Tom, you said you were you felt flat when you came on tonight. Now we've sat and discussed the game and the the season as a whole and winning the FA Cup. Have we yeah. changed that for you at all? <laughs> yeah, I think if you if you're looking at you know the overall season, um, you're looking at things like the FA Cup and, and where we've placed in the end. Um, yeah, as, as Steve said, we are we are punching above our weight, and our squad isn't as deep as a Man City. And also, the players that we've been playing from the start, some of these that have then gone on to get injured, um, you know, we've created these players out of <laughs> you know we've not brought in fifty million pound players and and we're throwing them all over the park and we're able to do what we want. But we've kind of created a system that we didn't play before. Um, and we've been doing really well. Then we've brought Ian Acho in when, you know, when we've had some players out and he, he was absolutely flying. So um, if if we'd have had a season where Ian Acho wasn't scoring game after game after game, we'd be nowhere near where we are. So we've done really well. We have. Barry, come to you. Good season for the Villa. But how much have you loved being an honorary Leicester City fan for this season? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it has been it has been pretty good. I've quite enjoyed it to be honest. Um I I think I, I'd be surprised if Leicester didn't open up the, the books a wee bit. I think they need um they need some sort of marquee signing. And I don't mean like a Perez where it was just a lot of money for a player. It needs to be someone where it, it woos the fans a wee bit, I think. Um because because you're like, like Telemans is the golden boy now, but he wasn't the golden boy at the start of the season. Yeah. And because Madison's kind of, he's lost that. He, he doesn't have that now. You probably need to bring someone in with that. But, yeah. but, but, but realistically, you need to patch the holes. So like if Madison stays, Tillman stays, Vardy stays, and he actually is still there, you just need to sort of fill the gaps. They're weak and... I said, I said in the previous podcast that that right wing, if you can just get that right, like an Alex St. Maxim, something that he yeah. would be perfect yeah. for you. He'd be there's perfect a, for you. There's a half decent guy at Man City, yeah, Algerian fella that plays on the right wing there, uh, Maris. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he seems all right. Gareth, but you should, still, but, but still but with us? Surely, surely a team like Leicester could, like what, 35, 40 million, get Alan St. Maxim, be the marquee. Well, they've like put seven, 70, million, 70 million price tag on. Is that right? What? That is that's, mental. That that's, is what, mental. That's, that's what they've said. But we all know Mike Ashley itself, uh, a Ribena, a, a Twirl, and a... Well, some people are talking about James <laughs> from Man U, aren't they, as, a, as an option? Right. Gareth, just before we, we leave, thanks very much for, for joining us this, this evening. Tell us a little bit about the pages that you were online for, for Leicester City, the Facebook pages that you've set up. Yes. So back in, let's think, 20, April 2015, is that right? Yeah, just as we were about to start The Greatest Escape, 
I was actually a little bit concerned that we were going to get relegated. So I thought I needed to stay connected to Leicester City. So I opened up a, a Facebook group and lo and behold, I didn't need to worry about it that much because, as you know, we stayed up. And so it's been a kind of a, a hobby to keep me connected to Leicester City from halfway around the world. And yeah, it's just grown from strength to strength, um, which is obviously how we met. Uh, and we've also launched a Leicester City women's team group, because I think this is actually something perhaps you should speak about on here at some point on your podcast, because yeah. I think that we're going to see Leicester City, well, we are going to see Leicester City women in the Premier League next season. I think that the women's game is about to explode in England from next season. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. And they beat Manchester United in the Cup as well, which was quite a shock, wasn't it? We, yeah. we, we would love to. What we've got to do in the meantime is brush up our knowledge on, on that side because, unfortunately, I don't know about you guys, but I just haven't watched enough and I don't want to come on and do them a, a disservice so far. But it's, it's huge money, huge money this season. We are, like, we are the, proud the, of... The Women's League have got a lot of money this season. Yeah, it's are, a big push. We are proud of those guys for, for winning the, the Championship and, and the certain the FA Cup as well. So, um, you, But, yeah, thanks so much for, for coming on. We really appreciate that. We come and what's in. your Facebook page called, Gareth? It's uh, very imaginatively named uh, Leicester City Football Club Fans. Right. So, uh, yeah, not quite as fancy as your name here, but hey, it does the job. That's why it? you've got 20, <laughs> 25,000 odd people on it. And we've, got, <laughs> we've got 600. So yeah. But uh, thanks very much for, for coming. To, will you join us again? I'd love to. It was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you ever so much for having me on, gents. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And oh yeah, I want to come back and play Last Man's Categories last, next time. Yeah, no one's no one's done yeah. it. So I, I'm going on strike with it because I have to edit the show. I have to put it together. Um, Where's so, Eden? Yeah, Eden. You didn't ask anyone to do it this time. I did it last time. I did. I asked. I asked Eden. Listen, I even had pen and paper to do it. I was ready. I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> We are going to have one more show before the end of the series, just for you guys that are listening. We're going to have a, a bit of a catch up, really. So we'll we'll do our award ceremony next week. Um, hopefully, we'll be joined by a special guest. But that's another episode of It's Eleven. It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy. Thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you again soon. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.